Amen. Amen. It's, it's just amazing what God's doing and, 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 and what he wants to do. You know, the, the, the future that God has for you. You know, the Bible says uh, that God has thoughts. He's been thinking about you. He's, he's made plans for you regarding hope and future. How many know that God has a future for you? And, and he's, he's wanting to, by his spirit, guide you and have you collide with the future that he's, pre, that he's prepared, made ready in advance for you. And there's things that have been hidden, not from you, but for you, that are going to cause you to win and succeed in every area of your life. But a lot of times what we end up doing is, uh, you know, in our pursuit to do life, we have this tendency to, to, to be under the impression that we've received something that's transformational, but, but without actually transforming us hello you know we come to jesus right if we read john 10 you know jesus is the door and and uh, uh and, and we get to the door and we we get jesus but how many of you know that god life isn't at the door it's on the other side of the threshold so so you know you have to enter into a into a new way of life Right? It, why? Because you're, you're no longer uh, you're you're no longer just you know Joe Blow. Now, if any man be in Christ, he's a new species altogether. Old things have passed away. Behold, fresh and new things are coming. Right? Fresh and new. Th and, and a lot of us, you know, we we don't even understand that what we've done is. Uh, Rather than just being saved, we were born again. We get that. We we don't understand that we've been born into a new family now. Okay, and it's not just a just not just you know it's not just that we're a new family, but now we're we're from a we're from a new nation. See, be be in the world, but not of it. We're not of the world. Hello, somebody. I said we're not of the world. We we are in the kingdom. Study what Jesus taught. Jesus went about preaching the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God, you know, the kingdom is, is his rule, his, his, uh, his, his authority, his, his way of doing life, right? Uh, uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing and being right. That's what the Amplified says. His way of doing and being right. How do you know that God's way of doing things quite often differs from yours? Right? God's way of doing things almost always differs from mine. But, but as, 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 a, as a citizen of the kingdom, see, uh, uh, to, to, to be adopted into the family and brought into the kingdom, then I have to align my life to, to God's way of doing things so that I can get the results that God intended for me to have. See, because more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than life, more healing than sickness. Man, these are, these are the promises of God life. But I know a lot of believers, it's like, well, where are they? Well, you, you haven't entered into that. You know, you, you, you've stopped, you've, 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 you know, you've settled just, you know, with this intention of securing salvation. You're saved, but, but you haven't changed the way you live. And a lot of people, a lot of people, even in church, you know, we come to church, but uh, we don't allow the word to change the way we live. We, we want to use the grace of God as, as a license to live any way we want to. And I think that is to take the power of God and to live the lowest level of life possible. When we could use the power of God, to elevate to a life that is extraordinary. Where, where I'm talking about, you know, joy unspeakable, right? Filled with glory. What's glory? The manifested, you know, will of God in our life. Dude, this is crazy, awesome life that's out here in front of us. 
And, and, and God's wanting to, to, to cause us to embrace that life. I think it's Colossians 2, 6 that says, if you then have received Christ, as you have received Christ, so now walk in him. Can regulate your life and conduct yourself in union with conformity to him. Remember, remember uh, Romans 12 where it says, don't be conformed to this world. So, so we think, oh, so we're not supposed to be conforming to anything. No, that's not true. You're not supposed to conform to the world. But now you conform to him, right? And, and, and it'll change the way you live. And uh, trust me today, man, I got a bunch of info for you. And, 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 uh, and this has the ability to just radically change your life. But only if you would like apply it. See, uh, uh, the, the deal is, is that a lot of us... Uh, we, we don't receive the word of God to the point that it actually changes the way we live. And, and uh, you know, James said that if you receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, it has the power to save your soul. Your soul is the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices, which will then lead to the actions that you perform because your choices determine your actions, your actions develop your habits, and your habits define your character, and your character ties you to an end result. And, and see, we, we, if, if you, can, can, I say this sometimes, and I'm going to repeat it, that if you're not being changed by the Word of God, then you're not in the Word of God enough. Because I, I, I just need you to understand something, that you and I, as good as we think we are, as, as strong as, as we project that image to be, the reality is, is that we still need God. And, and, and we need his insight and his wisdom, his direction, his discernment. We, we need the Spirit of God to guide us and to help us and to strengthen us and to counsel us and, and to, you know, to be on standby for all the times we do what we wanted instead of what he said so that we can learn from it and grow. Hello, somebody. Because here's the deal, is that if you, if you only receive salvation, but it doesn't radically change your lifestyle, then what you have is Christianity as a religion. You, you, you just, you're just becoming religious. Because, you know, you go to church to mark something off on the weekend, you know, just to make yourself feel better about the way you lived all week or something. And, and God wants to introduce you. To, to a life that, that is filled with power, filled, filled with, uh, you know, opportunity, uh, and, and that brings blessing to everybody you come into contact with. God, God's, God's got a plan. And see, God knows what he's doing because, well, shoot, he created life. Right? So he's the giver of life, so he knows how life ought to be lived. And, and, and you know, as, as we're fasting, how many of you guys are participating in the fast right now? Hold your hand up, let people see you. Uh, and if you haven't started yet, you, go ahead and jump in. And if you're sitting by somebody who raised their hand, be really nice. <laughs> because fasting has a tendency to put people in a you know, grumpy place, right? And so be, be very kind. Because uh, last week was no bread. This week's no bread and no sugar, right? So, so uh, uh, you know, just jump in. And, and, and make sure that you're adding prayer to the fast because otherwise you're just starving. Right? And add prayer and be seeking God, you know, for, for wisdom and insight and help to understand how to apply his teachings to your life so that you can be uh, who God's created you to be. And, 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 and don't let the fasting get, like, legalistic. You, you know, if you're making three or four phone calls to find out whether a tortilla is bread or not, dude, I, I think you're overthinking it, right? <laughs> if, if the only thing you think about is a cheeseburger, eat the sucker. Right? I mean, because the idea is to take your mind off of that and, and, and put it on growing in God. 
And, and we're praying, you know, for our families and, and for our future and for our faith, that God would give us the wisdom to strengthen those and, and, and to demonstrate real God life in these areas of our life. And, and you know, and, and uh, how many of you know that we need to strengthen our families? You know, society's kind of all jacked up. Don't know if you've noticed. Society's really messed up. It's society. You know what our society would like to do is like redefine a family. Because, because you know, hey, the idea that we have, the, you know, the, the thing that the Bible teaches about family doesn't really fit in today's society. So what we need to do is like redefine the family unit so it fits inside the family. But the problem is, is that, see, the reason our society is all jacked up is because our families are all jacked up. And that the family is the cure for our society. You know, a family is actually just the smallest unit, if you will, of society. You, you, you get families, and then you start adding families, and you develop community, and then you have community, and you continue to add communities to that, and pretty soon you have a society. And in order to bring health to society, we have to bring health to these communities. To have health in the communities, we have to have health in these families. Right? Get, get some strong families. Every, the solution to every problem our society is facing it can be found in, in a healthy, Bible-based family. And, and the reason is because of where the family originated. The origin of family, where family started. See, God started the family. So to go someplace else to get information on the family, you might feel like you're being guided, but we think you might be misguided. Because they don't know, you, you know, the, you never ask a thing, the intended purpose of the thing, but you ask the creator of the thing what the purpose of the thing was. And, and, and the thing about God, he said, man, I am, I'm like no, nobody else. There ain't nobody like me. I, I declare the end at the beginning, or God goes to the end and finishes it and works his way back. And by the way, most manufacturers, what, they don't put out a product until they've completed it first. God didn't put the product out until he completed it. He went to the end and came back. He knows what he's doing. I said, he knows what he's doing, and, and, and he's got it all worked out. He's got plans to give you the future you were hoping for, but you have to seek him, and when you're seeking him, you, you have to surrender your way of doing life to his way. Why? Because he's the creator of the family. I'm telling you, he's the creator of the family. I went around this week and asking different people, you know, and I do that all the time. This is kind of how I roll. I just ask questions, and usually the same questions to everybody I can, and, and, and send out texts, and different people sent me texts back, and they not only answered the question, but they, they went to coworkers and had them answer it. And, and the question was this, uh, what are the ingredients of a strong, healthy family? And it's crazy, uh, the, the stuff that we come up with, and, and, and some of it's like, wow, never, never even considered that. But, but the majority of us, we, we, we list things that obviously would be pleasant, to have in a family, but they're not actually the building blocks of a healthy family. Well, well why is that? Well, because we, we're kind of messed up when it comes, we, we haven't understood the information that, that, that we have regarding biblical-based family. And, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, when we hear the building blocks, we go, oh, okay, okay, and, and nobody's going to argue with them. It's not that dramatic. But they're not the things that come to our mind when we're answering that question. You know, in, in, in Proverbs 24, the, the smartest guy, the richest guy who ever lived, he made this statement. He said, through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, and a family built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And, through under, and, and by knowledge shall its chambers of every area. I like that. Every area. 
Every area of your life can be filled with precious and pleasant promises. So go, go back to uh, verse 3 for me for just a minute. And, and look, look at what it says. Okay, here's the ingredients. Wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Okay, so we're going to use wisdom to build a house. And it's with understanding. Everybody say understanding. Okay, and then the next verse says, and it's knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. knowledge. So say this really loud. Say wisdom, wisdom. understanding, understanding. Knowledge. knowledge. Okay, that's what it takes to build a healthy family. And just understand this, man. If you can just get this, that God, God loves you. Okay, he loves you. He's not holding stuff against you. He, he's not trying to put you down. He's trying to elevate you up. And, and he wants to strengthen us and bless us. And, and, and you're not doing things to earn something from him. But, man, when it comes to family life, see, uh, see remember the verse that says, uh, uh, and you shall know the truth. If you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Right? It's not the truth alone that makes you free. Because the truth has been around a lot longer than you have, and yet there's still areas of bondage. What's the deal? It's the knowledge of the truth. See, it's the, knowledge, it's the knowledge of the truth. The truth can set you free from the lies that deception has you believing. Right? And so the truth, uh, the truth can be defined very simply this way. Original information. That when you receive the original information, you now have the truth. And see, what we need to get is the original information regarding a family. So that we can be free from the deception that's, that's, uh, that's causing our families to disintegrate instead of to be strengthened. It's interesting in Proverbs 24 where it lists the building blocks of a family and it says wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And these are the things, you know, knowledge, understanding, wisdom. It's interesting what it doesn't say. Because so many people had so many things which would be really helpful to have in your house. It's not like they wouldn't be there, but they're just not the building blocks. Notice it does not say, here's the building block for a, for a healthy family. Love. Sex. You know, because we're, we're doing mandate tomorrow. And, 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 you know, and we're going to invest in ourselves and in our men and in our brothers. And, and, and you know, but, but a lot of the men, see, we think that, uh, or we'd like to think that love is the material and sex is the glue that holds it together. Mm -hmm. Right. Love. Shelby and I. Others that have been in ministry for years would tell you the same thing. Shelby and I have had the opportunity to sit down with countless individuals. You know, uh, uh, you know, Berta shared their story, and they come in, and, and, and most people, when they show up, you know, for, for marriage counseling, they're like 35 minutes away from divorce court. That's, well, I guess it's come down to this. We're going to have to trust God, which is where we're supposed to start. But anyways, um, so... Do you love him? <laughs> yes. Well, why are you divorcing him? <laughs> He's an idiot. <laughs> sir, what? Ma'am, you're right. Okay, okay. But, sir, <laughs> do you love her? Yeah. Well, why are you divorcing her? The woman is crazy. <laughs> it's funny because to me you laugh because... You've heard this before. <laughs> well, people who are in a collision love each other. 
Love isn't the building block. Now, obviously, we're going to learn to love one another. Love's a choice. But it isn't the building block. See, wisdom, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, you know, these are the building blocks. See, knowledge, knowledge is this, information. Knowledge is information. It's the, it's the gathering of information. See, that's where a lot of believers are at, is that they've gone to a lot of church services, been in a lot of conferences, read a lot of books, they've gathered a lot of information. And, and, and a lot of times, we've even made an effort to go seek out the original information. We want to know the truth, right? We, we, we want to know the truth. But, but knowledge without understanding doesn't help you. See, understanding is comprehension of the information that you've gathered. Understanding, it brings you, you know, that's why Mark 4, 24 in the Amplified, he said, hey, take care of what you hear because the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will determine how powerful that truth is in your life. See, if you don't, if you don't give thought and study to it, if you don't develop an understanding to the knowledge that you've collected, you can't, you can't use it. So you cannot apply what you do not understand. See, in order, and you hear it all the time, don't just listen to the message, apply it. But you haven't, you haven't spent any time learning how to, how, how to comprehend the information. You don't have a clue how to apply it. Todd and I could go to a computer class tomorrow, spend six, seven hours being instructed, given all kinds of marvelous information. But let me just tell you a little something. We are not going to understand it. It's out of our wheelhouse. We'd have to, it would take us quite some time to develop an understanding. Where other people hear it, and it just, man, it's just, it's just clicking. You know, I, you know understanding. Understanding. You, you know, uh, no matter what product. Remember, the, you, you open up the box, and what's on top of the product? The manual. Right? The manual. And, and you open up the manual, and, and, and you find out that the manual is it, it, like instructions. Right? Right, Craig? Craig last night comes into my office right before service, dude. Right before service. Talks about four of the most glorious days of his life, putting together a swing set. <laughs> and it's obvious he struggled because in the instructions it said it would take two people a day and a half. And he's on day four. And then he looks at me and says, I can only imagine what it would be like if you tried this. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Sparky's not real bright. Because, number one, he just dissed me, and I'm going to have the microphone. <laughs> you know, if you would read that manual, he, you, know, you know what? I think, I, I don't think he actually opened up and admitted it, but I think at some point he had to go get his wife to help him. And she read the instructions. You know, there's something about that, isn't there? That when you read that book, it brings understanding, right? Ask any of my boys about what it's like to take the driver's test, you know, to get a license to drive. I remember one time that one of the kids came back out of the building before I even got the car parked. He had already flunked the test. I hadn't even, I hadn't even, haven't even got parked yet. And, and, he, and he's back out to the car, and he gets in the car and slams the door. Which one of you guys was it? TJ. 
and TJ makes this statement. I hate that stupid test. And I said, wait a minute, you flunked the stupid test? And he's, <laughs> I mean, come on, somebody. You flunking the stupid test, this ain't real good. I don't know that I'd say it like loud. How do you flunk the stupid test? Let me tell you how you flunk the stupid test. You don't read the stupid book. Because if you read the stupid book, you'd have the information in the stupid book about the stupid test, and you could uh, develop some understanding of the information in the stupid book that would empower you to pass the stupid test. I don't know why I still feel passionate about that. See, because you can't apply what you don't understand. You cannot apply what you don't understand. And, but once you do, you know what you do? You cross the threshold, and you enter the realm of wisdom. Because wisdom is the ability to apply the information that you have acquired. See, one of, our, one of our goals this year is less foolishness, more wisdom in our daily life. Less foolishness, more wisdom. We're going to let the Bible define the Bible. Jesus said there's the fool and there's the wise man. They both built a house. They both encountered the same storm. One stood, one fell. How, why, did the, why, why did the wise man stand? Why did the foolish fall? What makes him wise? What makes him fool? Well, Jesus defined foolishness and he defined wisdom. He said a fool has heard the truth but doesn't do it. A wise man hears the truth and obeys it. So if you're going to walk in wisdom, then you need to gather original information, develop understanding and begin to apply that to your life which means that if you go to the word of God and it begins to give information and you begin to develop an understanding of that information and you begin to discern that you've lived differently from that that you would have to adjust your life to what the word of God says that that would be wisdom that it would be foolish to go to the word of God develop an understanding of the word of God but not adjust your lifestyle to align with the Word of God. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Okay, so what does the Bible tell us about family? He's the originator of family, and, and, and you know, and we're supposed to have wisdom, and uh, we need uh, understanding, and we are going to fill our, the chambers of our life with knowledge. Well, then, then we need to understand how the family operates and, and what it is to be who God's created us to be. Look at somebody and tell them, man, I'm glad you're here. Tell them, you, you actually really, really need this. Why? Because we're going to fix our society. Amen, somebody? So you, you, you got to understand some things. I, I just want to talk, uh, and i got to hurry. Uh, uh, I just want to talk about God's process. And, and, and there's tons of scriptures. I can give them to you later if you want. But uh, uh, check this out. That, that God, you remember, he, he, he made man. Right? He's the manufacturer. And, and, uh, uh, and he made man. And, and the very first thing that God gave man, he took man, remember, and he put him in Eden. Everybody say Eden. Eden. That's not everybody. Everybody say Eden. Eden. There we go. Okay, we're making tapes, okay? Um, okay, Eden is not a place. That's why they're never going to find it. Eden is an environment. And Eden, he, 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 put, he put the man in Eden. So the first thing God gave man 
Here's what, the word Eden is it's actually a really complicated, difficult word. Uh, but it, it's, it's uh, one of the definitions is an open door. It, it's what granted God and man the opportunity to fellowship in close, in close fellowship, where, where the presence of God could be experienced by the man of God. So the first thing God gave man was the presence of God. See, and, and, and you, you need to understand this, that the reason that God does the thing, there's always a purpose. Why, why would God do that first? Because this is the most important thing a man needs. A man needs the presence of God. He, need, he, he needs to understand how, how to enter the presence of God, how to live in the presence of God, how to maintain the presence of God, how to experience the presence of God. Man, if you are a man, and by the way, you know, in a society that's trying to redefine everything, can I just tell you something? Because we're going to talk about men and women for just a second. But, you know, the, the male and the female are not the same. Right? So you got man and woman, man with a womb, female, a male that can carry a fetus. So if you're confused as to which one you are, this is not a theological statement. This is science biology, okay? That if you can't carry a fetus, you're a brother. Okay? That's it. And, and, and if you're a brother, you need to understand the presence of God, how to live in the presence of God. You need, to, you need to know the presence of God. So God gave man, the very first thing he gave him was his presence. And, 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 and uh, the second thing he gave him, he took him in the, and, and, he, and he, he, gave him, he gave him work. Work is the ability to produce something, to become something. It's not a job, but it, it, it's, it's, the, it, it's the beginning place of, of a characteristic that's going to bring into the environment the thing that's on the inside of you, and you become who God's called you to be, and you begin to become that. And then he, then he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to cultivate that. So the third thing that God gave man was an assignment uh, to cultivate, which means to make things better, to bring the best out of everything I put in your hand. So don't just take it and hold it, but now cultivate it and bring the best out. And then next, he said, now I want you to guard and protect it. So not only do I have the presence of God, not only you know, am I giving work and, and the, 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 the assignment to become all that God's created you to be, but now I need to cultivate what God gives me and then protect everything that he's given me. And then he began to give him instruction, which is the word of God. So he began, and this is all before he gave him the man with the womb. And then this statement's made, and we read over it way too fast. It says, it is not good for the man to be alone. He's talking about a specific man here. He's talking about a man that knows the presence of God, that understands his, his assignment to become the best that he can be and to bring the best out of everything that God puts into his hand and to protect everything that God has given him and has the ability to hear the word of God and relay the word of God in an effective manner. He said it's not good for that man to be alone. Ladies, if you find a man who doesn't know the presence of God, who will not become who God's called him to be, he has no idea how to cultivate and bring the best out of you, he wouldn't protect you, he'd actually need your protection, and he doesn't know the word of God, that man would be best left alone. You know what's crazy is, is women who leave the presence of God to go find a man and try to drag him back into the presence of God, and they try to 
cause him to become. No, that's his role. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. See, there, there, there's no way in one setting that we're going to be able to give you the information and the understanding of that information, the ability to apply the information so that you can develop a, a, a strong marriage. It, it takes more thought and study than that. You know, think about it. You, you know, you, you, in the state of Washington, you're going to get a, your driver's license. What, what do they do? Well, number one, you have to be a certain age. So there's a requirement there. You've got to reach a certain age. And then guess what you're going to do? You, you know, now you're going to take a course. You're going to take a course, man. We don't just let anybody on our streets. You're taking a course, which means that you're going to have that stupid book. And you're going to have to pass that stupid test. And, and, and then if you qualify and if you pass and if you've taken the time and made the investment, then we'll trust you with the right to use our roads. But if you go to get married... They only ask one question to your cousin. Okay, you can have a license. Which means that our government cares more about their roads than they do about your marriage. Of course, you, that probably explains why so many people, their cars outlast their marriage. You go to school for 17 years, take multiple tests, pack up, leave home, move across the country, relocate, or on continued education. I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just saying it's odd that you value your job more than you value your marriage. Jesus is the groom, the husband, to his bride, the church. And, and, you know, everything that God's telling us to do in our marriage, you can see it in the relationship between Jesus and the church. See, because Jesus lives in the presence of God, and, and Jesus has become, he came to be all that God had called him to be. And he is cultivating and bringing the best. He's discovering the strengths that are hidden inside of his bride and causing them to come to the surface. And he is protecting her and he's speaking to her. And that's what God's asking from us. This is how the marriage operates. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us, husbands, love your wife like Christ loves the church. Which is kind of interesting. I just want to point this out real quick that a lot of church guys shift, and they end up loving the church more than they love their wife, which is called spiritual adultery. Because nowhere in the book does it tell you to love the church. That's not your job. That's his job. He will love his bride. I said he will love his bride. And you're supposed to love your bride like he loves his and, 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 and that, that's not like a license to neglect the church, but it's an instruction to love your wife. Matter of fact, can I just tell you something, just be real, just so that there's total clarity here? If you ever call up and you need Pastor Tom to get over there right away because we're in trouble, we're on the way to the hospital, and he might die, and Shelby calls up and she says, I need you right now. 
and a decision has to be made between her and you, we're doing your funeral. Because she's first in my life. Why? Well, because I have instructions, I have information, I have developed some understanding of that information, and I'm going to apply that information, whether it's popular or unpopular. Jesus takes, or God takes the man, remember? And, 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 and he's, he, he's at the point now where he's going he's gonna to bring the female onto the scene. And, and, and he, he knocks the guy out, and he takes out a rib, and, he's, and, and, and he builds him a woman. And it says, and then he brought the woman to the man. Go, go read it in Genesis. He brought the woman, which th- th- is an interesting phrase because it means that he put her on display as if in a parade. So he, he slowly comes down and, and, and walks this woman. It's, it's a wedding ceremony, folks, because it's a father who's bringing a daughter to a point of exchange with a man that's... See, the Bible says, for this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and shall cleave unto his wife, right? And the two shall be one. Nowhere does it say that the the wife is supposed to leave her father. Because the word father is Abba, which is source and sustainer. Source and sustainer. And in the marriage ceremony, the, 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 the father, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the ceremonies that I performed, almost always the dude walking the chick down the aisle toward that other guy, he, sometimes he's crying, but those are tears of joy. Because there's an exchange about ready to take place. Because for how many ever years, he's, you know, daddy-o's been the source and the sustainer of little Missy. And today... It's coming your job. And you're going to become the source and the sustainer. There's an exchange there. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you might want to ask him, what, February 2's coming. February 2's coming. And, 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 you, and, you know, you look at the other end of the aisle, and there's a 100-watt light bulb glowing down here. Because he just made the proposal, right? And she said, I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah I hope she didn't say it like you did. And she said, yes. Uh, I don't know. You were there. (laughs) Ladies, you might want to ask them, can you sustain this? Can you source this? Huh? Can you cultivate this? You're toast. What if, (laughs) what if we made a commitment to develop an understanding to the original information and apply it to our marriages? And instead of saying, well, I'm going to do it my way, we said, God, you're the manufacturer and you are the king and we live in your kingdom, and we are citizens of that kingdom. And as a citizen of a kingdom, it's not like being the member of, of the state of Washington. As, 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 as a citizen of the kingdom of God, let me tell you something that you don't have, an opinion. He's king. And it would behoove us 
to begin to understand how his kingdom operates so that we can have the benefits of the kingdom producing fruit in our life. I'm telling you that you can have a, you know, God said my people shall dwell in a, in a secure dwelling, you know, a, a peaceful dwelling, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. God has this plan to give you an amazing family life. God loves you. He loves your family. He loves you men. He loves you women. He loves those kids, man. He, and, he lo- but he want, and, he, and he wants you to be healthy. But we got to do it his way. Well, you got to do it his way. Come on, men. As a husband, it's two words put together to make one word. It's the bearer of, uh, of the home. You, you bear the weight. You don't shirk that responsibility and put it on that woman. You're the bearer of the home. You, you, well, how am I going to do it? You're going to connect with other godly men who are headed in the same direction as you are, and you're going to let them be your strength, and we're going to walk together, grow together, learn together. Ladies, what are, what are you, you know, hey, I, I just, I, I know I, I'm out of time, but ladies, you, you were created as a helper. Why did God give him work? Well, because there was something he wanted him to become, and then God gave him a helper. And, and, and that, man, that doesn't make you lower. That, that, that doesn't devalue you. But, but but you might want to connect with somebody who's doing something so you don't have to help him do nothing. You know, we might want to increase our understanding so that when we make the, you know, I, you know, we've been talking lately about taking the, 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 the process to get married, uh, uh, you know, and, and evaluating that and maybe, maybe, maybe instituting some uh, policies that would make it a little bit more difficult to get married because I, I have a friend who said that uh, they take about nine months before they marry people and about 50% of them change their mind as they gather that information. They go, never mind. You know, you'd rather... You'd rather end it before it started than endure the pain of getting the information after the fact. But no matter where you are, can I tell you what God's plan is for your future? It's life. Healing. Restoration. Hope. Strength influence. God wants to use you to bring healing to society. And in order to do that, he's going to bring healing to you first. So if we would go after God, if we just say, okay, it's through wisdom that a life, a home, a family is built. And it's knowledge and understanding that empowers us to fill every area of our life with pleasant riches. God, teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. We want to be those people that receive the word and apply it to our life. God, help us. I'm telling you that he will strengthen you. He's the giver of hope. Matter of fact, I just want to pray for you. If you just bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I thank you today that we come together a people in pursuit of God and God life. And Lord, our, our heart is to help others win, and in order to do that, we, we need to win. And Father, I pray for every family and every family member represented here. That God, that there would be not a spirit of conviction, not no condemnation, but, Father, that there would be 
an ignition of real hope and passion. God, that we would just determine today we will become the people you've called us to be. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here today, we're going to pray one more prayer together. If you're here and you know the very first step is a real surrender to God, to allow Jesus to be Lord of your life. I want to invite you to make this prayer. We're all going to pray it. I won't embarrass you. won't call you out. won't have you stand. But if you're here today and say, you know, I know I, I need my life to be right with God, then make this prayer your prayer. Everybody in the room is going to pray it, but you make it personal. And if that's you and you know that that's what you're going to do today, I just want to agree with you personally in prayer. And so while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, nobody's looking around, I, I want to ask if you're here and, and you know it's you, just hold your hand up really high so I can just agree with you. Thank 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 you. So awesome.